Hello and welcome to a special episode of Broadway Radio. My name is James Marino and we are talking with Matt Tamanini on part two of his winter 2020 visit to New York City. <laughs> uh, last one was a few days ago where we talked about Tina, uh, Eden Espinosa, Star Wars parody musical and the Headlands. So uh, if you missed that one, go back to that in the Patreon feed. But today we're going to talk about Town Cambodian Rock Band, and Six, which was uh, first preview was last night on Thursday evening. So, Matt, thanks for uh, joining us again. And um, we should actually, uh, should we start with the uh, Riedel news before we get into your thing? Yeah, we probably should. On Thursday night, before I went and saw Six, we talked about the fact that since we were recording early, that surely either Baz Boy or Michael Riedel would be posting some sort of biggish news. And we were right. Before Six even started, I got the news that Michael Real had posted an article in which he was saying that the long gestating musical version um, of the film Black Orpheus would be coming to Broadway. Um, this is something that had been announced years ago. Um, I mean, I'm thinking three or four, maybe even five years ago, and had never really had much traction since then. However, he is now reporting that the show, which will um, feature a, a book by Lynn Nottage, lyrics by Susan Birkenhead, and original music by Antonio Carlos Jobim, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name, but that's what you get for going on the fly, um, that it is aiming to come to Broadway. And I've heard that this show, which is being directed by George C. Wolfe and choreographed by Camille A. Brown, is looking very, very much to be coming in soon. Um, I think that it is very, very likely to say that it will be a very Lynn Nottage heavy 2020, 2021 season. We already know that she is the book writer for MJ. She is the book writer for this. And I would not be surprised if we see another play of hers opening up a season very soon. So uh, a lot of Lynn Nottage. Um, this is a very interesting uh, piece here. It's based on a 1959 movie. Um, and uh, it's, I think, I mean, I don't think we have dates yet, but apparently they've been having readings. And I imagine that it will be coming to Broadway uh, very, very soon, James. All right. So uh, you foretold it and it did happen. So uh, I, I did pack my Miss Cleo crystal ball for the trip to New York. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So let's move on to your thoughts about the three shows that you saw in the last couple of days, Town, Cambodian Rock Band and Six. OK, well, here's what I'm going to do, James. Before we get into the shows, I have to tell you about what could be the most important part of the last three days for me. Hmm. I'm going to start at the end. It was actually after all of the shows. So. After I was leaving six, my friend and I that went and saw it, she was heading – she had to cross Times Square to get to where she was going. So we walked from the Brooks over to Times Square. She continued walking. I started heading down uh, to get to my hotel. Times Square was a mess, of course. So I decided to jump off, cut through Schubert Alley, and then make my way over to 8th Avenue. Of course – um, because six started at eight and it was a Thursday night. Most other shows started at seven. There were other shows that were letting out at the time. So as I'm crossing through um, people, you know, filing out of theaters, I just, you know, casually and semi ironically said to a woman as I was passing by, nice beret. 
And I think she thought I was serious because we struck up a conversation. We decided to continue that conversation to go to a diner and have a little something to eat. Um, and then, in fact, we made plans to have dinner together on Saturday night at Sardi's and to continue to talk regularly about 15 to 20 minutes every night and put it out as a theater podcast. Uh, <laughs> no way. I was walking past the Broadhurst. Jagged Little Pill was letting out. And I paused for a second thinking, maybe I'll see Ashley. And I saw Ashley. So Ashley, <laughs> uh, Steve's and I stopped by a diner. She had rice pudding. I had banana pudding. Um, and we had a nice little catch up last night. And uh, so just kind of a nice confluence of events because six is so short that it started at eight. And I still had time to get there, get from the Brooks to the Broadhurst by the time Jagged Little Pill let out, which started at seven. So uh, it was very, very, very fun and very coincidental. A uh, little trivia here. I have never met Ashley. What? Yeah. When would I never. have met Ashley? I've never met Ashley. I don't know. You guys yeah. both live in New York City. It's not that hard to run into people that you know, apparently. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, Ashley and I have been talking uh, for a year online or so like that, and I never met her. There you go. So, no idea. So it's good that her apartment her apartment hasn't blown up. Oh my God! Did Can you imagine? You? Yeah, I saw it on Instagram too. Apparently, yeah. all of her gas. I think she's got hot water back, um, but no gas. Yeah, so. she was telling me before we recorded that the uh, the gas on the stove was intermittently coming back. Uh, it was on and off and on and off. But they have space heaters, so that's good. Oh. I, that's not a good combination. No, I think that's bad. But anyway, so let's get to Hades, uh, Hades Town, uh, James. Um, I went on Tuesday night, and uh, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to see this show again is because it's getting close to the the first year being over, and I wanted the opportunity to see the original cast together one more time. That did not happen because not only did I see one, but I saw three understudies in for principal roles. Uh, in the show, I saw T. Oliver Reed on for Hades. It appears that Patrick Page is shooting an episode of Law and Order SVU. I saw, I saw normal um, worker ensemble member Kimberly Maribel on for Persephone. I don't know what Amber Gray was doing. And I saw Jesse Shelton, who is a swing. Um, I saw her on as one of the fates, replacing Kay Trinidad, who was on vacation. Now, if you remember, Jesse Shelton was one of the original fates um, at New York Theater Workshop. She's now a swing um, covering, I think, all the female roles, basically. Um, and what was interesting about this, James, is, is I love that original cast. And a lot of times I've, I've thought – I've spent a lot of time thinking about how they will be able to replace some of those really, really unique and special performances like Patrick and Amber and Andre. And just speaking for what I saw, I honestly, and you know I'm a huge Patrick Page fan, I actually think that it might work better for Hades to not have that deep of a voice or to not mm. sing in that deep of a voice. And here's why. T. Oliver Reed has a very rich baritone voice, so he could hit a lot of low notes and give it that rumbling, intimidating sound when he needed to. But in songs like Hey Little Songbird um, and, and you know, some of the other things uh, that he sings, you know, Build the Wall even, um, he was able to put more color into it than I'm used to hearing from Patrick Page because he wasn't in that such deep lower register. So 
the acting came through a little bit more and it doesn't necessarily have the the bombastic weight of what Patrick Page does, but it did have a pretty interesting element added to it. So I'm very encouraged by that fact for when they do have to recast Hades or when it goes out on tour that there can be a lot of people that could, you know, probably play that role and sing it well. I don't know if they can act it as well or imbue it with as much gravitas that Patrick Page can, but they can continue to make that role something special in a slightly different way because nobody has a voice like Patrick Page. In terms of of Persephone and Kimberly Maribel, I, I don't know how they're going to replace Amber Gray, to be honest with you. Like her performance is so unique and so uh, effervescent and yet weary. Uh, uh, Kimberly Maribel did a fine job. It was, if I hadn't seen Amber, I would think it would be a very good performance. I also think she's probably a little young for the role. Like I, th- I think Persephone needs to be a little bit more beaten down by time. Um, but it was good. I, I do think, though, you're going to need to have a very special person to play that role moving forward, whether that's on Broadway or in other, any other subsequent performance around the world. Um, I do f- think that my my feelings for Eva Noblezada have been long uh, discussed here on Broadway Radio, and I interviewed her um, on maybe the first or second Tony Omnibus episode. Um, she continues to what I think will go down is to have one of the one of the voices of her generation. Um, I think she is tremendously talented. And what's interesting with Reeve Carney, James, he has not missed a single performance of Hades Town yet. As far as I know, from what I understand, he has not missed a single performance. However, on Tuesday night, he kind of sounded in the first act like he was struggling a little bit, like he was sick. I actually turned to my friend and said, I think he's sick. He had the falsettos the falsetto notes, but everything else singing was a little off. And when he spoke, everything was spoken on breath. So like he was trying to protect his voice. However, at intermission, he clearly had some sort of B12 shot or something (laughs) because he came out after intermission and sounded uh, as good as he did on the recording. So I I don't know what that was all about, um, but it was a very interesting, you know, dynamic to see in the coldest time of year, no pun intended. Um, the you know we had some different people on reeve wasn't at 100 percent at least in the first act um but the show still holds up the the show is so beautifully constructed both from anais mitchell's point of view and from rachel chavkin um it, it's just such a, a a thrilling show to see um that i was really glad i got to see it at least with part of the original broadway cast all right, so that is Hades Town. Next, you went over I, I, it's, uh, Signature. Was Cambodian rock band at Signature? I forget. Correct. Yes, yes. Signature so you too. went over to Forty Second Street West, far west, on Forty Second Street to the Signature Theater. See Cambodian rock band. Uh, tell us about this Lauren Yee production. Well, I sat next to Lauren Yee. <laughs> okay, excellent. In the second act, she came down. As there one was, does. Yes, as one does. Um, and I think I sat three seats down from deep Tran, uh, as well. But, um, so this was, this is still in previews. Uh, like I saw it like a, a week after it started performances or like eight days after it started performances. So I, can I interrupt you for a second? Yes, please. Um, uh, we're talking about this right now cause Matt paid for his tickets. These are, these yes. were not press tickets. These are not comps. Right. Matt paid for all of his tickets. 
Yeah, well, not all of them, but uh, the ones I'm talking about today, I did. Yeah. Um, but I will say I will try to respect that uh, a little bit, um, especially because I think that there are some things that will be tightened up over the course of their previews before the official press dates um, happen. You know, James, I read the description multiple times for this show on Broadway radio, and it still didn't sink into me exactly what it not necessarily what it was, but it, you know, I didn't, I didn't really understand the full scope of it, but I can tell you, unless you know already, you know, details about the show, whatever you think Cambodian rock band is, it is not. <laughs> and whatever you think Cambodian rock band is at intermission, it is not. So it's a very interesting piece. It is very much a play with music. Very want to make sure that that is clear. It is not a traditional musical. It is a play with music. The music is fantastic. Not all of it is in English. Obviously, it's a Cambodian rock band. Um, but it is very much um, a show that I thought – you know, going in, knowing very little, just knowing the hype for the show, maybe this is something that could end up on Broadway. I don't think that's going to happen. It doesn't. It's not suited for a Broadway um, space, but it is um, very compelling, very interesting. Uh, I think knowing a bit of Cambodian history, especially from the past forty-ish years, would be very helpful to appreciating what this story is. I did not, but I was able to kind of catch up pretty quickly. Um, the performances were uniformly fantastic. Um, I'll just go through a, a few here real quick. It's only a six person cast and really only four are major members of the cast. Former Tell Me More guest Francis Zhu is, as always, remarkable. Um, Courtney Reed, who played a lot of people will know as the original Jasmine in Aladdin on Broadway, was phenomenal. I didn't know that she had that in her because I, I didn't actually even see her in Aladdin. So I've only kind of heard her. Um, sing and she gave a, a really fantastic performance. There's a scene in the first, yeah, in the in the first act that I was so close. I was in the front row. I she she had tears coming out of her eyes. So of course I had tears coming out of my eyes. Um, she was really fantastic. Um, and then a an actor named um, uh, Moses Villarama also very strong, but the main central performance in this show is given by Joe Ngo. Um, I will say this, James, while this show does not belong on Broadway in its, um, in the formation, not that it quality wise, it doesn't, but just the type of show it is doesn't necessarily need to be on Broadway. If it was, he would probably in my mind be a Tony front runner for best actor in a play. So it's a very, very strong, very compelling performance. Uh, I don't want to give too much away about the plot, obviously, since things are still changing, but it didn't necessarily live up to the expectations that I had, but it came pretty close, James. Wow. Okay. So that's a Cambodian rock band early in previews right now, and it's at signature in a limited run. So, uh, if you're liking what Matt's saying, I would get tickets sooner than later. Yeah, it was a, a pretty sold-out performance on a, what was that, a Wednesday night. So uh, definitely try to get tickets before the reviews come out, because I do think that it will be reviewed very well. Okay, so you uh, – uh, it, it's really threw me here, because this is your seventh show during your <laughs> – Is it? This, you know, I'm very Monk-like OCD – uh, it's your seventh show, but you show you saw a show named Six, which is an even number, and it was at eight p.m. and 
it's on the 13th, definitely, so it's very Definitely confusing. an even number. Definitely, definitely an even definitely number. An definitely an even number. number. So uh. six, uh, how is uh, the, the Wives of Henry in a rock format going? Well, again, same caveat as before, very early in previews, even earlier in previews, obviously. Show although, one. On show the, one. On the stage on, manager report, show one. Yes, although this company has done the show together, I think yeah. 127 times at different performances <laughs> or something. Uh, actually, whatever. Um, I blew that joke, but I know what I was going for. Um, I will tell you, I'm very, very glad that I saw the first preview for this show. The audience was insane. Um when they there was a there was a an announcement in the theater that the performance will start in six minutes, of <laughs> course, um, and people went nuts. The lights went down. I felt like before anything happened, the lights went down. I felt like there was going to be a standing ovation already. Um, it was a bonkers crowd, and that carried through to after every song, um, every performance. It was it was lit, as the kids say, James. Uh, <laughs> Not, I do not say that, but the kids do. Um, it was very, very exciting. Uh, I think that certainly added to my appreciation for the show. Um, I, I've expressed my concerns for how this show has been brought to Broadway before. Um, but I will tell you that I enjoyed it much more than I anticipated enjoying it. When I've listened to the cast album, I thought, eh, these lyrics are kind of a little wonky, a little amateurish in spots. That bothered me not in the least when I saw the show because the show itself has a very winking, understanding uh, playfulness with it that it knows that it's not being taken – it shouldn't be taken seriously. And I don't know that that is conveyed as much through the album. Um, and so the fact that the lyrics are silly and some of the rhymes are stretches, um, that seems to play in – to the vibe of the show on stage that I didn't understand in the album. And that's probably my fault rather than the album's fault. Um, but those lyric things didn't bother me. I thought it was a ton of fun. Some great performances um, uh, in these, in these uh, from these six women. Um, just to point a few uh, of them out, I guess. Um, uh, Brittany Mack was phenomenal as Anna of Cleves. Um it, it, it was uh, Samantha Polly as Catherine Howard. Um, shit, Samantha Polly, you'll remember, left one of the pr productions um, in Minnesota or Chicago or something to go do uh, Evita at the Regent Open Air Theater in London and got great reviews there. Um, but really, really just a, a fun production. Uh, apparently, from what people were saying after the fact, um, lots of upgrades in costumes and in lighting. It's still a concert, basically, with a little bit of banter in between songs. Uh, but it was fun. It was still, though, enough time for it to start at 8 o'clock and for me to get from the Brooks to the Broadhurst before Jagged Little Pill got out, which started at 7. But um, for the time that you are in the Brooks, I definitely think it'll be enjoyable. How many people will want to pay those prices to see an enjoyable concert for an hour and 20 minutes? We'll have to wait and see. But I enjoyed it far more than I actually anticipated going in, James. All right. So, uh, snaps? <laughs> oh, no. There, there, was, there were no snaps going on on Thursday night. It was raucous, loud cheers. There was a couple standing ovations mid-show. Um, I don't remember what songs they exactly were, but it was uh, um, definitely a crowd that had no intention of being quiet. Okay. 
So uh, there it is. The wrap-up of part two of Matt's trip to New York. Uh, We're going to do part three. We're going to record on Monday morning, so you'll see it uh, late on Monday in the... uh, probably in the afternoon sometime. Uh, But before we go, I wanted to wish a happy, happy, happy birthday to David Levy. Oh, I did not know that. He's a Valentine baby, David Levy. David Levy. Who could you? How could you not love David Levy? He's 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 the best. He's the best, and also across the transom, I just saw that Beetlejuice Broadway cast recording hits two hundred million streams in the U.S. and three hundred and fifty million streams globally. Wow! So, uh, good thing we're kicking Beetlejuice out of the Winter Garden. <laughs> good thing we're doing that. I mean, hey. Uh... Sell tickets and uh, early in the performance or early in the uh, production run, and uh, that won't be a problem. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Matt. So uh, thanks for doing this again, and we will talk to you on Monday. Can't wait. Can't wait.